Welcome to the Slow Goods Podcast, where we love to talk design, quality, adventure. We love to talk about Maine. Uh, today, we have on with us Allison Evans, came all the way from Booth Bay. Thank you very much, Allison. Allison is an artist creator of ceramics. She also is a store owner in, in Booth Bay, Maine. And uh, it's just a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for coming, Allison. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. Allison has been in uh, multiple publications. Uh, most notably, she had the centerfold in Downey's Magazine. It was a great spread. Um, spending Garden and Gun, Cosmo, Main Home and Design. I mean, it goes on and on. All the places that uh, sell, that like to show beautiful timeless objects, I would say, or many places. So what's your favorite parts about Maine or Booth Bay, I guess, in the summer, we could say in the summer or in general? Um, I love getting out on the water in Booth Bay. I think, well, I, I guess I could go for anywhere on the coast of Maine, but mm-hmm. it's what I know. Um, we have some really beautiful points and really great places where you can go for walks with your dogs, um, lots of preserves that that we have. I don't know, There's there's one called i can't remember it right now <laughs> well you probably don't want to call it <laughs> leave it top I know, secret right? i shouldn't tell leave it top I, secret I yeah, yeah, yeah. Top a secret. secret spot yeah <laughs> yeah but what do you love about it um that it's really not that heavily used mm-hmm. um it's nice I, I like living i like living in booth bay mostly in the winter time honestly i mean yeah. it gets a little bit nuts in the summer yeah um it's just really beautiful. There's mm-hmm. walking through the woods, looking at all of the different types of moss, all the different trees. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy getting out into nature, um, whether it's in the woods or out on the water. Yeah, I and hear my, you there. My favorite thing to do. <laughs> That's your favorite thing to do? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, good. We'll have to get more into that. So I guess I, we'd, you know, what we love to, <clears throat> we love to talk quality and design on here and hear about Maine or adventure about, I think favorite thing is just to get to know um, artists like yourself. And I uh, would just love to hear your story. I mean, you can start from, you know, when you're super little or wherever you want, just hear your story of, you know, coming up through and then kind of getting to, you know, where you are now. Um, let's see. Well, I guess I got started with ceramics when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a class. It was like a winter session, short, they had these this short session in the middle of the year for us to experiment with other with different things. And that was one of the opportunities. And I loved it. And I couldn't believe how easy it was for me. I got on the wheel. I could throw it right away. And I had never considered myself an artist. I was always like more of the athlete in my family and more of a like mathematician, science kind of person. And mm-hmm. so it was really strange when I like really took a liking to this. Um, and I think it helped that I had a math teacher who actually saw me throwing on the wheel and she also taught physics and she, she talked to me about the connection of math and science and, and art. And it really kind of blew my mind. And I, I, that was one of the first moments where I, I really looked at art as being like a real job. Like, I don't think I had considered that as a possibility before that in my life. So Mm -hmm. I think I was 14 when this sort of concept opened up to me you are you at 14 you thought it could even be a, a, a profession well yeah i was starting cool. to realize i was also taking a computer programming class and mm-hmm. i realized i did not want to have a job where i sat at a desk so yeah. i was looking i was looking for things that i could do when i grew up 
I was born in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived there. We moved around my whole life. So I, okay. I really, the only real, the only real place that I've ever felt like was, was home was, is Maine. Okay. Um, but we lived in New York, Atlanta, Connecticut. Um, Lon- I li- went to high school in London. Wow. That was a really formative time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to school in New Orleans. And then I went to RISD. So I kind of bounced around a lot. But the one thing that stayed constant was Booth Bay Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why I ended up gravitating back because I really longed for like belonging somewhere. Sure. Um, and so I kind of latched on to that when I when it was time to settle down. And when I finally decided that I was going to go and really try to start my own business, um, I, did, I chose Booth Bay. You chose Booth Bay. So was that some a place that you guys like summered at or something? Yeah, or? my okay. my mom, uh, my mom's the youngest of five kids and her oldest sister, the matriarch of the family, would always invite the whole family up and she'd have these big lobster bakes. Okay. And um, I think starting at like eight years old. Mm-hmm. So every summer we would come up and have these big family gatherings. And it's amazing. My So many people in my family have now moved to Booth Bay like year round. It's really great. Yeah, that is great. That's so cool. So um, wherever you were at the time, when you started throwing on the wheel, <clears throat> when you were around 14, you started really thinking about that. So were you in London at the time or? I was in Connecticut. Connecticut. At that point. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so just keep going on, keep going on from there. What what happened from there when you started, just really started going on? Um, your... I, I don't know. I, I think I, I continued to take ceramic classes um, throughout high school. And we lived, when we lived in London, we lived in, in Knightsbridge right next to Harrods. I don't know if you know that store. It's this beautiful department store. And I've heard of it, yeah. It, I'd have to walk around three sides of it every day to get to the train to mm-hmm. get to school. And um, I think just seeing the window displays and seeing how beautiful and how, like, there's just, there were so many, whether it's fabric or objects or mm-hmm. whatever, how the windows even like even how they were set up, you know, it was every time I would walk by, I would see something new. And I started to realize once again, like, ooh, epiphany moment, you know, these things were made by somebody like somebody designed that somebody, oh, you yeah. know, and I'm like, OK, like I could be that person someday that designs things that could be in a store like this. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I I think just being exposed to like the architecture in Europe and that that store in particular really kind of showed me what quality could look like. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know. I just always sort of strove to achieve, you know, that kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Did you just keep throwing, um, in high school and then getting into RISD? How did that, um, um I was too scared to go straight to art school. Okay. I went, um, I, I went to Tulane university down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They have a really strong ceramic program. Um, the Newcomb College of Art was, is part of Tulane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I just I, I thought I could go get a liberal arts degree and just sort of potter around, you know, peter around in the in the pottery studio sure. um, and maybe do that as a minor. But mm-hmm. as soon as I got serious in college about it, I realized, you know, either I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to just do it halfway. So I applied to RISD. I figured, you know, if they accept me, that is, you know, that's then that's, you know, going to be my path. And so I got in and, you know, the rest is kind of history. The rest is kind of history. Yeah, well, fill, was, us, fill us in a little I bit. Needed. That was all you needed. So <laughs> and then it kept taking off, right? So I've I've never done any ceramics. So tell me, like, what's the experience like um, throwing and and how did it? How do you 
continue to get better and, and start knowing what you are passionate about making in the, in the ceramic world? Um, it's interesting how things kind of, when I first left RISD, I was making installation sculpture mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, okay. Very feminist, um, very, you know, much more art scene, New York art scene. I was mm. living in New York. I was trying to build these rooms and create the, these environments and working for other artists, working as a temp wherever I could. It was just, you know, scrambling, trying to survive. Yeah. And at one point I just realized I had to get out of there. And it was a good time because I left in August of 2001. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the year that the right. towers came down. Right? right. So I was like, I missed it by a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I felt relieved by. And I feel like, you know, all along the way, I feel like there have been like little things that have happened where there's been signs that are that have just said, you know, you're on the right path, you're on the right path, mm -hmm. you're doing the right thing. Um, so I, I moved, I moved to Booth Bay at that point and I started to actually before I moved to Booth Bay, this is pretty cool. This was another one of those moments. I was in Brooklyn, I was at a bar and I was talking to people about how I was I was moving back to Maine. Yeah. And this kid next to me at the bar who I hadn't met heard me talking and he said, oh, I have a, my uh, my uncle or no, my, my mom's best friend has mm -hmm. a pottery studio in in Damascata. Uh -huh. And uh, and he usually rents it out to people. And because I was telling them that I don't need equipment, I don't I just need to find a space because I know mm -hmm. there are so many people who play around with ceramics that never actually really pursue it because it's hard, right. <laughs> you know, it's I really hard. I can't imagine. Uh, so yeah. people try to do it all the time. So I figured, I knew I could find a spot where I could just right. take over the studio and try to make my own, like a new, my body of work. Um, and so anyway, I'm sitting at the bar and George Mason is the guy's name. He renovated a church in, um, in Damascata. Mm -hmm. And in the basement of that church is his, he lives in the building and in the, in the basement is his studio. He's one of the founders for Watershed. So anyway, that was kind of cool. So we called him and right there, then and there, I already had a studio. So I mean, yeah. you know, I, little, wow. little, just little lucky things yeah. like that, I feel like have happened for me along the way. Little doors have opened up and yeah, it's been kind of natural pro progress. Tell me about some of the uh, things you did in New York. You said you're like, you're trying to create these rooms and these spaces. Like, what were you, what were you sculpting? Like, what, Well, what? I didn't have, a kiln. So I was working with all kinds of materials. So I was I was working with rubber. I was making I was making molds because uh -huh. I I could work with plaster, and I was making a lot of things out of plaster. Mm -hmm. um, they were all very like <laughs> like angry kind of feminist sort of stuff. And I, I, I that's another thing. There was a point in my life where I decided I could focus on the things in life that are beautiful, mm -hmm. or I could focus on the things in life that make me crazy. And I decided <laughs> if I wanted to have a happy life, right. I should focus on beautiful things. And and that's sort of when I when I started looking at the oyster shell and just the history of the oyster shell. And mm -hmm. I also was looking at the magnetic fields of the northern lights. Those, okay. those are really cool patterns. So there was a few things that I was kind of focusing in on, honing in on, and um, at that time, yeah. And, and then you came to Damascata. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I just started, you know, playing with the shapes, and a lot of it was making molds. Honestly, I mean, I making molds. I was more making What's molds a mold? than throwing. Um, so in a your world, in a mold, a mold would be so I would make I would make like a, a model out of clay, out of clay, and then I would cast that shape in mm -hmm. plaster and. That way I could get shapes that were, um, I don't know, you can defy gravity a little bit more sometimes when you work with the mold. 
Um, and you can also remove the preciousness of things when you work with the mold. So I could hmm. I could make like a general shape and then I could roll out a slab and press it into that into that, you know, into that hollow mold. Okay. And um I could alter it after that, but it would give me it would a lot of the work can be done kind of quickly at that point. Once you have that mold, you can lay a slab into it, let it set up and then pull that out and you can sculpt it more from that point. So I started that's when I started to really work on with the oyster shell and mm -hmm. many different sizes and so what do you love the, the oyster shell this this is your the what you're really known for and the go-to and your define the so what about the oyster shell that you it's what, just what so it beautifully organic and it's so recognizable even though it can be a million different shapes mm -hmm. so i think that to me was really interesting because other shells are kind of stiff mm -hmm. um but the oyster shell is just loose and gorgeous and there's so much history you know goes with the oyster i mean yeah. i don't know and in our region i mean we are so lucky we have the most delicious oysters i think in the world mm -hmm. don't you wouldn't you say that's what that's <laughs> what I, everybody tells me i don't know go around the world eating oysters so <laughs> i've tried other i've tried other oysters and i still think the damascotta river oysters are the best yeah i'm really good friends with one of the guys that uh runs one of the one of the damascotta river you know, operations and he's a good guy and they go through a lot of oysters yes there's do. no question about it i know that's really sought after yeah um so um so you're you're in damascata and you're making these molds and getting going so <clears throat> um what happens then what happens next well i guess it was from 2001 until 2004 it took me many years to kind of build that work up mm -hmm. and I applied to the New York gift show and um, I got in right away. I wasn't expecting to. So 2004 is really when I started to have to produce in quantity. Okay. And so that's sort of a change. That was a big, a big changing point. For you me. did that out of your Damascata place? I did not. I did not. Okay. So at that, so actually, so I, I built the body of work there and then I turned a garage in my parents' guest house into a ceramic studio so i bought my first kiln i was i was waiting tables yeah um that was kind of that's how i made my money to buy my all my first equipment and everything yeah um, so yeah i slowly built it up but it once I, once i went to that trade show i realized oh my god i've, I've got to like get another kiln i have to figure out how to do this i need I'm, i think i might need an employee you know it was yeah it was kind of a big moment for me mm -hmm. uh I, I i didn't realize it would happen so fast you know once i was put myself out there but right when was that 2004 you yeah said? yeah that was yeah. the first one that's when they're still buying a lot of stuff at trade shows too like that's where they're that's writing where, their orders. that's where it all happened yeah right it's, that, yeah, yeah that must have now. been like a whoa yeah that must have been a cool moment i never about the time we came into the trade shows it was kind of slowing up on that end of things but yeah so uh how do how do you end up in uh, booth bay um, so let's see with, with the, um, it, well, so I don't know that things kind of, I kind of hopped around. So, okay. So we're in 2004 yeah. trade shows happen. I'm in the garage and then I meet my husband, Chris mm -hmm. in 2005. Okay. And actually I think, yeah, it was, we got married. So it was 2004. Mm -hmm. So I think he actually came with me to the first, to my first trade show. Cool. I had already been accepted. I was building my booth and mm -hmm. he 
is from a family of lumber. He, he, they owned a bunch of lumber yards in Western Massachusetts and um, he knew how to build anything and everything. And yep. so he kind of stepped in and helped me figure out my booth. And he actually came to my first trade show with me and he, he wasn't ever planning on joining me full time mm -hmm. in the ceramics world, but he has at this point, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so neat. So you guys went to the trade show and then you came back and then, um, it was just, you know, when did you, yeah. How did you end up where you ended up where you guys have now? Do you have a whole, you have a whole like building, right? Where you, yeah. So we, and... let's see. So I moved out to Western Mass for a few years after we got married. And, okay. And that felt very strange producing sea inspired ceramics in the middle of the woods, you know, far, right. far away from the ocean. I was not, I was not that happy out there. I really missed being by the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I convinced him to move back back this way we his his parents also have a, a home in booth bay so sure so he has you know quite a connection there as well mm -hmm. and uh so i convinced him to move back with me and he found he was in go, going into real estate at that point and he found the building in yarmouth that we had the store in for several mm -hmm. years right and so we would commute from booth bay we were living in booth bay we would commute every day down to yarmouth Okay. To our studio slash store. And that's where you're making everything in Yeah, yeah okay. for a while. That was, I don't know how many years that was, but yeah, it was a while. I feel like when we first met, you still, you still had the place there. Probably. Yeah, maybe just for a while, I had both the store in Yarmouth and in Booth Bay. Yeah, right. That's what I, that's what I remember. So you start putting out, so what are you, you know, you go to the show, what are you bringing there? Um, you know, give us a good visualization of, for everybody listening like what are you what are you bringing there for for art for for what are you selling well i was selling i think in the beginning actually i, I did have many more pieces that were much harder to make because i did not realize you know it's ceramics there's a lot of loss especially with the more intricate shapes mm -hmm. so i I was bringing, I had Nautilus vases and these Ram vases and teapots and some really intricate, tough pieces. And it's tough to bring, you know, that kind of stuff to a trade show in crates and transporting this up. Ceramics oh, is so fragile. Man. It's so heavy. <laughs> and I would, I had a Subaru Forester and I would, I would pack everything into the Forester and then mm -hmm. I would pack, you know, the whole ceiling of the whole roof of the car would be, you know, stacked with like, however I was going to be decorating the booth, you okay. know, the walls. <laughs> yeah. Totally weighted down, like yeah. driving into New York City. There's no suspension left. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny when I think back, I must've looked hilarious, but yeah, I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> So did you immediately have to hire somebody? I did. To... I just hired one person. Yeah. Because, um, and I, I honestly have, st it's still, all these years later, I've had a really hard time giving up control. I mm -hmm. still make pretty much touch everything, <laughs> mm -hmm. make everything myself, you know, to some extent. Me and Chris, we are the ones who glaze everything and oh, really? load the kilns. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we have staff that's great. I mean, I have somebody who I've known for who's worked for me. He actually was one of my first employees many, many years ago. And he, he came back to me a few years ago, which has been, I feel very lucky about. Yeah. That's so nice. Um, so you have, would you say teapots and, um, what else? I mean, obviously you have Coffee more table than teapots. Bowls, yep. Um, dinnerware. Dinnerware. Yep. Okay. Now, now take us to now, what do you have? What, I mean, I know what you have, but what do you, you know, what do you um, have? I mean, I, I've, I've, 
I've expanded into sea urchin bowls and razor clam plates, and I I developed a whole series of or a whole round series. Mm -hmm. I always thought I would stick with more organic shapes, but uh, there was this woman named Bunny Williams who is a big designer, and she came to me and asked me to make round plates so she could sell them at her store mm -hmm. and give them to her. You know, she she's a big plate collector, and so I'm like, okay, sure, if you're gonna, if you want this, I will do it. Yeah. Um, so that was cool working with her on that on that stuff. It was just the mint and charcoal glaze that she wanted. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, you know, doing it in all the different glazes at this point. Mm -hmm. but, so you, uh, you, you go from Massachusetts back to Booth Bay. You go right from Massachusetts to Booth Bay. Yeah. Roughly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And is that when you kind of got the building and, and, uh, did the store? No, it took a while. Cause we had the store in Yarmouth. So that's right. So Sorry. it took yeah. it took several years. We thought we were going to be. But the goal was living. always Booth Bay. No, it no? actually was Yarmouth. Okay. We thought we were going to be able to buy more of the building that we had. We had uh, we had bought a piece of it, and there were all of these other pieces that we were trying to buy. But that was 2008, I think, when uh, everybody every, everything was sort of abandoned, and nobody could figure out who owned what mortgage, and <laughs> I couldn't find anyone to buy it from. Like right. nobody nobody wow. knew who held the paperwork. So mm -hmm. we kind of got bored we got we get sick of waiting mm -hmm. and um there was this really cool building on the corner of townsend and union and booth bay harbor that is this huge building that was kind of falling apart it mm -hmm. had been many different things over the years and the last thing had been it had been it was a restaurant and so we thought about it and we we're like well we could turn the whole first floor into a studio store and we could live upstairs mm -hmm. so that's what we ended up doing we renovated the building and and uh I don't know how many years it's been now since we've had that. I feel like it was 2015 that we bought that and moved in there. Like to, I think we were able to produce in there in 2016. Mm -hmm. Is that where everything still happens now? No. So then I realized, well, as the business was growing, it was really hard to keep a, a clean, beautiful store. And I was starting to sell other things. So, you right. know, so I was starting to sell studio 412 dresses and i was you know starting to sell yeah, your stuff I, how did how did you decide to do that that's what you know I'm, I'm totally curious about i i don't know is it just, just sort having of a happened. storefront or? i had a store and i realized you know every not everybody's going to come into my store and like what i make like and that's fine that's fine they don't have to mm -hmm. but i was i felt like i was missing an opportunity to sell something that that they would like and uh i because i'm i've never been really a salesperson that's not really my thing mm -hmm. i really gravitated toward things that i absolutely loved and i thought you know were really special and and well made mm -hmm. and the people that made them i wanted to like have a relationship with the people that made the stuff that i was selling so i really you know that's one of the reasons you know, I I found you and I, I was also like, buy oh my stuff gosh, from us, yeah. I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that you you even existed. Yeah, and you know, ever since it's been we sell so many of them. Yeah, they're we, beautiful. Yeah, and so what? Yeah, Alice, we we met at, at trade shows at New York now, and and uh, we didn't realize you had a store and you're going to start buying from us. That was that was uh, such an honor, and you guys have done such a good job of that. Uh, the store is gorgeous. I would definitely say that. I mean, and that's coming not just from me, but like my wife who really has a good eye and uh, you do such a good job with it. So you realize you had, a, had to move production out, outside yes. somewhere else. Um, yeah, and we also realize that we're not getting any younger. You know, the 
the truck would pull up with the clay and we would be taking every 50 pound box out of the truck off of a pallet like by hand and Whew. carrying it into the building mm -hmm. or you know we, we had some dollies and stuff but right we knew that we knew that we needed equipment because we were going to hurt ourselves we were hurting ourselves like our backs were giving out you know it was not good so yeah we we, we found this we found we bought a piece of land and mm -hmm. uh as soon as i went to go i actually t had to tear up a house down that was sort of dilapidated and to clear the to clear the space for the for a warehouse and somebody pulls me aside in this little restaurant next to my store and they said why didn't you go to bill haney and ask him if you could buy his warehouse and I, I, I told him, I don't I don't feel comfortable, you know, going up to someone and asking to buy something that's not for sale. Like, I, I would right. never do that. And he said, well, this is Bill Haney right here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he would love to show you his warehouse. He, he, he's willing to sell it to you. Yeah. Was, so that was, you know, that's another wow, one of the little things. Wow, that's so along cool. With. So that really saved us a lot of time. And I, I, I prefer... I prefer working with something that already exists than building something from scratch, you know, like yeah. solving problems, you know, mm -hmm. that already exist. Uh, I don't know. The blank slate trying to create a warehouse in a production studio that from from nothing was really intimidating. So it's yeah. been nice having a space that, I don't know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you, just, you don't have to think as much, but also you have to, it's still a challenge, but like, Give me the pieces so I can, you know, put the puzzle together. Exactly. That's how I always kind of think of it. That's what I, I'm the same way. That's why I'm <laughs> um, relating so much. So, uh, <clears throat> so tell me about um, Allison Evans, the entrepreneur. You know, how did you? Is that something you enjoy, or, or just something that came with the territory as an as an artist? Um, you know, how did that? Uh, how do you see that now? How did that unfold? I just don't know. I don't. I don't know what else I could have done. You mm -hmm. know, I. I don't. I don't know how I would have been able to work for someone else. Really. Mm -hmm. um, I loved waitressing. I mean, that was one of my. I. I really enjoyed that. But I, that yeah. was always like a temporary sort of gig for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just. I just guess I got kind of fell into it. It wasn't really that intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, what are the what are the main things that you take take care of? Is it is it just making sure like creative direction, um, or is it uh, you know where you have a team now? What what are the things that you stay focused on and keep doing that you're passionate about, or or just want to control things, over maybe? Things can rotate a little bit amongst us over the, over the years. I think we all kind of get can get a little bit bored and with what we're doing. I mean, I've always been the one who designs the you know designs the new objects. That's that's all me. Yeah. Um, and working with glazes that sell me um but you know as far as dealing with ma like managing the studio that's my husband's job you know he's really good at working with people okay. and getting pe people excited about stuff to and doing things in the ways that we want them to do do them um i don't know i think that chris also he's the one who maintains all of our equipment which is a huge piece of it that i never you know you don't you don't think about this stuff i mean my kiln's are constantly needing right a lot of love in order to get those crystals to grow the way they do you need a lot <laughs> of control and they're constantly aging so you know we're always playing around trying to get you know the best quality out of every load it's, it's right it's constant changing it's constantly changing so it's mm -hmm. um it's that's a big challenge but 
we've gotten really good at it at this point where, you know, sure. we, we fired that kiln so many times, it's starting to take a little bit longer. And so we know, you know, we, we can add stuff to the glaze or we can fire the kiln slightly differently. How long will a kiln last? Um, I mean, I've had kilns forever. I mean, for okay. since the beginning, just yeah. like for 20 years, I mean, but they, they turn into this kilns, like they can't handle the, okay. the more high fire stuff anymore. Cause they've, they've kind of, They've had, they've spent their time doing that already. They're in more retirement. I see. Um, <laughs> Interesting. But oh, I don't know. Like it's most things. There's, the, there's elements, there's thermocouples, and then there's relays, there's fuses. Yeah. There's things that just, you know, mm -hmm. that just fizzle out. What inspires your creations? I think you've, you know, you've touched on some things already, but um, I remember you love nature, being out in nature. Uh, you know, you've talked about, oysters and razor clams and um and then you saw the you had the picture of in london seeing the quality goods and um so i've heard a lot of the inspiration what you know what else inspires you on a regular basis and you know what are you looking to and just tell me a little bit about that ah uh, well i guess I mean, I'm still, I still go walking along the coastline and I'm always, I'm always looking for a rock or something that I find just generally beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, I don't know, sometimes I go snorkeling. There's a lot of really beautiful stuff under there. There's a lot of really pretty colors that I feel like, especially in like the mint and charcoal glaze combo for me is my favorite because it reminds me so much of the water here like the the mm. colors the those green blues and mm. the seaweed it's also yeah. beautiful so i don't know there's i mean it's usually it's it's in nature where i find okay all of my inspiration i'd say mm -hmm. you know you do such a good job of making these creations um you know how do you toe that line of course we know like the, there's the very coastal kitschy niche world right how would you explain to people like what what your really sweet spot is if i find something absolutely gorgeous and like it's something that i've made and i'm like blown away by it when i open the kiln mm -hmm. i know that at this point in my life that someone else is also going to think it's beautiful but there was a long time there where i didn't didn't have that confidence but i think over the years i've i've realized that if i if it really like really turns me on when I open the counter, I look at that thing and I'm like, that is so beautiful. Right. I'm psyched, you know, and that's it. Like that's, I think it's a, when it, finding something that is so naturally beautiful mm -hmm. and functional, mm -hmm. that's a trick. I think it's really, it's, it's really hard to keep things like really organic mm -hmm. and natural looking and still have them be really functional. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. And there's definitely that coastal theme, um, but people use my stuff all over the country you know yeah. i mean so it's even in the mountains people will they'll see you know especially well maybe the round stuff but maybe they like the ocean and they want that that coffee table bowl you know they bring a piece of the ocean them with them of their summer place you mm -hmm. know can you tell us uh you know what is can you take it walk us through the process i know nothing about ceramics pottery like what is like step one you know you said the clay shows up you know, what goes from on the, the clay to, you know, when it's sitting on the shelf, what's the process? There's a ton of it. I, I think we've counted before, but it's they, every piece gets touched like, I don't know, over a hundred times. It's really, it's ridiculous. It's really, wow. it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
so we, we get the clay, um, depending on which piece it is. Some some of the stuff we still throw on the wheel. Um, some of the plates we actually use a ram press for, which is like a hydraulic press with a steel encased mold mm -hmm. where we press out the plates. Um, but every, even then, like making the mold is art, an art in, in and of itself. I mean, it's really hard to make these molds because you have to purge them while they're setting and they're just to keep the air flow going through them. Um, it's actually quite technical. And my husband, Chris, has figured out how to do to make them, which has mm. been a huge, huge, huge help as far as picking up production's gone. Um, so let's see. So you take a piece of clay. Um, mm -hmm. If it's not being made on the wheel, if it's not being made on the press, um, it's probably being made by me. And I, I take a chunk of clay and take a rolling pin and I... I roll it out and then I press it into the, a mold that I've already made. So, okay. uh, and those pieces, the original, um, the original pieces, I usually would would sculpt them like upside down, okay, and then cast them that way, and then kind of go back and forth between the plaster and clay to kind of get to the final piece and then make a mold of that final piece. And so, in the end, I end up I I roll I roll a slab into like a a final mold that. Um, and it sits in the mold overnight usually, and then I pop it out the next day and clean it up, mm -hmm. and then it takes about a week to dry. And this then, is every piece. Yeah, or this is making. Okay. This is every piece. Yep. So I mean, you're making batches. So I, I would make, you know, I make, I can make maybe like forty pieces a day sometimes, depending on what it. You know, I can't do that every day though because it's physically, it's yeah. like it's intense. Um, but I love it. You know, I love yeah. I love that part of it. That's one of the reasons what one of the things I chose. I did not want to be sitting down. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I don't have to when I'm making that stuff. Yeah. So what about making the mold? How do you make the mold? Making the mold is well, there's plaster of Paris and uh -huh. you essentially figure out the so you're using lots of math and math and science here. You gotta figure out the volume of the space mm -hmm. around it. Um, you build walls around the piece and then you mix the plaster according to the volume you've decided you need. Mm -hmm. And you you the plaster is like comes in a powder form and you mix it with water. And um you pour it into this into the space where you want to make this uh negative cast of this model. Okay. And it sets up so it like it it heats up and it turns like, the plaster does the plaster turns hard okay so do you make a piece out of clay first and like yes. let that harden and and put that in the plaster or the clay or? is existing so like imagine like this is the clay um, yeah i would i would build a wall around it and then i would pour this like liquid plaster in around it so okay i would take the plaster off and then i'd have to peel the the original out of it all right so you make the original yes and basically set that in or put the plaster on top of it yes and then in pop form. it off yeah and, and then, then peel it out mold. and then clean up the mold and then you've got that to make you know multiples and they last the molds can last a while the thing mm -hmm. that the thing that really gets worn off the most is my logo <laughs> jeez that's a problem <laughs> i know yeah i you know what for years i didn't actually sign my work yeah and my sister was the one who was like, Allison, you have to sign it. And I yeah. said, but it looks like my stuff. It's fine. I don't need to sign it. She said, yeah. you absolutely have to sign it. So you got the you got the mold. And then on a regular basis, you sit so to uh, you put clay in the mold. Yep. Okay. Let it pop sit that overnight, out. Let it sit over that night. And then pop it out the next day and clean it up and then put it on a shelf to let it dry for one week. Mm -hmm. 
usually. Sometimes it can be quicker. It's like this this humid weather we've been having. I someone someone hired me to make <laughs> them some sinks and I couldn't get because they I had to make them much thicker. Some sinks? Sinks, yeah. We make sinks sometimes. What? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Not a ton of them, but when they're there, they end up looking pretty So cool. who calls you to make a sink? Like anybody or like interior yeah. designer? Like they're interior designers do. Um homeowners, it's often homeowners. So if I buy a sink, is it like from you, is it like the price of like buying a, a slate sink, a custom slate sink or something like that? I don't know. I don't know the price comparison. Yeah, sure. But man, is that a different kind of like clay that's harder? No, it's not. It's not. I just make it really? thicker and okay. um, hardier. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, must be a pretty big kiln too. You know what? They're not that big. We have, we have, uh, how many kilns do we have going right now? We have four, four kilns going right now. Okay. And they, we, we can put, I don't know, 30 pieces depending on the size in each kiln. Mm -hmm. So they sit on the shelf for a week and then is that glazing time or? No, then they have to go through their first firing, which is called a bisque firing. So they get fired to a lower temperature. It drives out all the moisture and gives them some structure so they don't fall apart when you put, apply the glaze because the glaze is Mm water-based. So it's like, Essentially, glaze is a mixture of clay, glass, and mm-hmm. metal, and that's the metal gives it the color. Clay, glass, and metal. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we um we get we biscuit, and then it comes out. We sand it down, um, and you then sand it all down too. We wow. sand it before it goes in the bisque. We you know we rub it down, try to get any yeah. weird stuff. You know, if we're not giving out any trade secrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one would see. That's the funny. I don't think anyone. I don't worry about anyone <laughs> trying to do what I do because. Yeah. They just wouldn't want. It's too hard. They don't want <laughs> yeah, to. You touch a hundred times. To. Like, how do you make money at this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's, yeah. It's cool. So, uh, where do you get to the glazing, or or where were you in the process? So, I cut you off. That's okay. Um, so it, we biscuit. It comes out. We sand it, and then we put like a wax. It's called wax resist on the foot, which is the part that touches you okay. know, the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice that that's usually not glazed on ceramic ware because it would stick to the kiln shelf if you did, because you right. get when it, when you fire it, it becomes like a liquid glass and yeah. it gets stuck. So um, we wax it and then we we pour the glaze on the outside and then we paint the glaze on the inside and then we put it back in the kiln again for another firing. And each firing takes about twenty four hours essentially. You know, it takes twelve to fourteen hours to fire it and then another twelve hours to cool usually. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then you open it up and, and it's there. And sometimes there's magic and sometimes there's not magic. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, what, when do you, well, obviously it seems pretty obvious, you know, when you, when there's magic, but you know, it's like, what, what can happen? Like what's not magic? Oh, oh my gosh. Like, so many things can happen. <laughs> like things can explode. They can. Especially when I'm making sinks that are really thick and it's been humid out. Uh, <laughs> I think they're dry. So like right now they're all blowing up. Maybe? I just yeah, I just had a I had I had a bunch of loss. But you know what? It's part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, I and I know better. I know that I need to wait, but you know, you have customers, they're looking for their stuff. Yeah. And you're like, it's well, I think it's pretty close. It. It's it feels pretty dry and all, you know, it's called candling when you oh, so it has to be completely dry. Yeah, because because the reason things explode is because there's moisture in there. Because once once you get to 212 degrees, all the little molecules get really violent and they pop, and that's what happens. So, you know, you'd think I would not blow things up at this point in my career, but I I still do. (laughs) I blow things up all the time, (laughs) Uh, not quite to the same cool effect, Um, but 
so yeah, then you've got yourself a beautiful piece of ceramic and, and, uh, you know, I, man, I want to see one of these sinks. So I can, that's all I can think about right now. Um, so, uh, you know, who, who are a lot of your, uh, customers you have, uh, interior designers reach out to you much or who are your, uh, customers you'd, you'd say normally people that enjoy your stuff the most. Um, definitely some interior designers. I wouldn't say that that's the bulk of our business though. I would, okay. most, most of it, uh, I would, is people come and come directly to the store mm -hmm. who go to our website. That's the bulk of it. And then, um, we sell to other stores all over the country. So usually gift, gift, like gift and tabletop type stores, mm -hmm. um, and design showrooms. Like there's, there's definitely there's stores and there's so many places in Florida that are selling my stuff right now and California. Mm -hmm. And then restaurants. That's one of, that's been a fun thing working with restaurants. Oh. Had a handful of restaurants come to me over like the years. Say, uh, we want to outfit our. Yeah. Or just maybe hotels? not the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, the standard, the, the standard restaurant, standard hotel in New York city, they use my stuff for a little while, Cool, but not for the hotel, for the restaurant. Tell me about your uh, like uh, design process. Um, like you, you're out walking on the beach or you're snorkeling and you see something cool. You're like, oh, I want to make that. You know, what's the next step? Um, you do you draw it or you know, I don't know what you do. What do Usually, you do? I draw it. Okay. I'll, I'll draw it and then really, the, I'm much better three dimensional. Like I'm honestly not, I'm not that good at drawing, but I can, I kind of get try to solve some of the problems ahead of time on paper. Okay. And then, uh, then I just really just grab the grab a chunk of clay and usually make things solid, so they're easier to sculpt because I know the, in the end they'll be I'll be creating like a hollow vessel or a hollow piece. Oh, so, you start. I see. Yeah. I was say, well, what else would you make something if it's not a solid? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, ceramics a, a lot of times is is a is a vessel, right? So you start it as a solid. Now the problem you say you try to get over the problems what would the what might a problem be if you're trying to draw it out first um is it gonna is it is it gonna be top heavy is it gonna be you know is it will it be stable will it will it sit flat will it uh, will it slump you know will it because gra you know gravity is always you're always fighting gravity with with ceramics yeah, you, you mentioned know? that earlier yeah it's, it's constantly threatening <laughs> Cause you, <laughs> yeah. if you get it, the kiln too hot, things collapse. If it, the pieces are too thin, they'll, they can, mm -hmm. you know, they slump. Um, yeah, gravity's. So, so most of your stuff is, is in molds or is that the right term? Yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so what do you do on the wheels Is that your circ the circular things you're yes, talking about? Yes. Okay. And we also actually use uh, we slip cast as well, which is, is, is mold making. Um, it's like a, that's. That's what you use for more tall vessels, like pitchers and vases and oh. um, more enclosed shapes. Mm -hmm. um, you pour clay into a hollow mold and then mm -hmm. like a liquid clay. And then you, after it sets up for a while, the plaster pulls the water out of the clay and oh. it leaves like a nice layer of clay. And then you pour out the, you know, you pour out the inside and you've got oh, yourself. Right. I have empty. heard. Yeah. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, really I don't. It's not my favorite method, honestly. It's no. I, I've never loved it, but we do it. It's you know we do it. It's kind of a necessary thing at this point for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, 
So what about uh, being a stone store owner? How do you how do you like that? Is that it's been really fun? Yeah, because I buy things that I would I love that I would never buy for myself because I'm way too conservative when it comes to spending money. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, and I've also, you know, gained a lot of confidence over the years by picking things that I really I love. And then I've, I've got a nice following now at that store. It's really cool. Yeah, that sounds that would be cool. Um, I'd love to we'd love to start a brick and mortar someday. And and uh, that would be neat. What, what do you think the key is to kind of creating a following? I think just really being like true to yourself, you know, I, that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Just been really honest with what I love and what I don't like. And I just put it right out there. Yeah. Makes, makes sense it's really, to me. It's been, it's been really easy in that way for me. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how else I would have, I would have done it because I never in a million years would have thought that I would be a store owner. Mm-hmm. No way. Salesperson, no way. <laughs> right. So it's been funny, you know, to, to have, to have a store. And I realized that I, I definitely need staff to run the store because mm-hmm. I cannot, st- I can't stay there. When my, st- when my studio was in the store, it was fine because I could stay busy and be productive. But mm-hmm. the t- there's times in between customers, like just sitting there, I can't, I can't, I can't do That's it. Not, That's not you. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so in your eyes, uh, what is really um, quality all about? I would say when you're dealing with something that's handmade, um, there's always going to be variation and things. Nothing's ever really perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's been hard for me to juggle over the years, you know, because I see I can see so many flaws in a piece that nobody would ever see a thing, you know, a problem with at all. Um, So I've been very picky over the years about what's a first, what's not a first. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I would say that it it can stand the test of time, and it is not fragile, too fragile. Although it is ceramic, so you know, it, it's the nature of it. It can they can break, but hopefully they're stable enough and sturdy enough where they can you know last a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think the 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 process of making making things with people that you really enjoy working with. I think, you know, that's, that's been very important to me is to have a really happy work environment to mm-hmm. know that I might, I treat my staff really well. We try to have fun at work. We, we love when, you know, we, we like to hang out with our FedEx guy and have a friendship with him. You yeah. know? Um, we try to really enjoy our time together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of, that, that comes through in every aspect of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you, you know, as people, when they get your, your, your art, your ceramics, and as you guys do this as a team and have this great thing, you know, what are you hoping, uh, that people, um, take away from your art or from your store, from the experience of getting one of your things or interacting with you guys? I think just taking the time to just enjoy, enjoy life and enjoy the beautiful things that we have around us, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the food that's in that really cool bowl or, you know, or right. the people that you're enjoying your meal with. Um, 
I don't know. It's just taking a minute to enjoy what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have it mean something to you and know that, you know, a nice team of people made, made that for you to enjoy. Right. I think just knowing the, through the whole process, that's a very honest, simple product. Mm -hmm. I love it. Simple and honest. Yeah. That, that speaks to me. And, and, uh, so what are your, um, favorite aspects of the, of the designs, um, that, uh, I guess, speak to you the most of the, of the whole process. What is your favorite? Or maybe there isn't, maybe it's just the whole thing, you know, what, everything that you do, what, what, what really stands out to you? I love filling the molds. I love rolling out slabs and filling the molds. And yeah, I love, I like to time myself, you know, see how fast I can do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's fun. I like, it's really, I enjoy it. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, because I, I get to take a chunk of clay and put it on the table and I just I have to beat it really hard <laughs> to flatten it first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's very cathartic. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, that's a good question. I, I uh, asked Hannah, I said, what should I ask everybody? And she said, well, these, these people that are doing all these stuff, these entrepreneurs are running around. How do they, how do they get rest and recharge? Um, you know, how do they do everything they do? Do you have any uh, thoughts on thoughts on that? We work really hard in the wintertime. And this was this is the first summer that I've had in a really long time where I haven't been working that hard. I've been trying to kind of take it easy a little bit and mm -hmm. take a step back and enjoy our daughter and just enjoy, you know, the nice weather that we are starting to have. <laughs> should, should get. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. So you tried, yeah, you bet you said we're going to go hard during the winter so we yeah. can have time to rest yeah. and enjoy the main summer. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. feels really good. I mean, we've, we've been able to build up our inventory really well for the first time in a, ever, um, just to kind of get, try to get ahead of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always made it, like everything to order, like to the T, you know, like from bisque to glaze and to have actually find like finished product ready to ship when people place an order has been a miracle. Of course, you know, there's also, it happens, it does happen. You know, I'll have, every, you know, I'll have that a, a piece in every single color, except the color that somebody sure. orders that happens a lot too, but yeah. <laughs> still, but you know, we're getting better at it and that, that feels nice. It's taken the pressure off a lot to have that mm -hmm. kind of cushion of product. Right. You said going around the water, do you guys have a boat or do you get out on boats? We do, or, yeah. we do. We got a boat. Um, it's been three years. We have an old lobster boat. Oh, really? Yep, we do. Yep, and it's we can sleep underneath. Oh. Um, it's got a head on board. Mm -hmm. and, um, do you so know what can, it is for a haul? Any by um, any chance? You know, or I how long it is? Oh, it's really one of those beautiful classic. What Like a Young brother. It's or, a Young brother. Is it you. really? It is, yeah. It's, not, it's, it's 33? It's, I don't think it is it. Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that seems to be the classic. That's really like the classic uh, lobster boat turned like a smaller type yacht. Yeah, right? it's nice. It's a nice size. Yeah. You can get in and out of places. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not overly crazy expensive or whatever it is. Like you can handle it. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I still haven't really learned how to, to, to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I leave that to Chris. That's he's, right. He's Chris a very good captain. <laughs> Um, cool. 
So uh, I love to uh, ask this question. Um, you know, what is your favorite uh, favorite item that you use around home or at work or just some something, anything somewhat regular, you know, regularly in your life? What do you have a favorite object or item? I would say the coffee table bowl is by far my favorite. I'd leave it out with on the counter, keep all of our fruit and, you know, stuff that you don't want to put in the fridge. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have that out. Um, and then as far as handling things, we, we, right now we're using all the round dinnerware. So we use that, you know, at our own house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, I, I get all the seconds, but you know, <laughs> which I, I get upset about. I really should allow myself to have I love the good that your ones. favorite items are something that you make. That is so neat. So, like, what's next on the horizon? Any new projects? Anything? What's What's exciting? What's going What's going on? And honestly, right now, no, I don't have any new exciting projects that I'm planning to do. I'm just sort of riding riding the wave right now. Yeah, trying to. My daughter's. I can't believe she's already twelve. Like, so much time has passed. I'm yeah. just trying trying to look, just focus more on her at, at this time. Awesome. And. I'll, I mean, I know I will have waves of inspiration and I will, I will make a new, you know, a new body of work at some point, but mm -hmm. so I'm probably going to, I'm going to take a little break unless, you know, who knows, <laughs> Who knows? unless something hits me. Yeah. Um, are you in the store much? Not are anymore. Always... I've, I'm yeah. really lucky that I have, I have a really wonderful employee mm -hmm. that has been taking that over for me. Yeah. And what I, is her name again? Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's just wonderful. So it, it, but in the store or, or in your, what people are looking for, are you seeing any kind of trends in like in, in your world at all? Um, any kind of leanings? Sometimes there's trends with color, you know, I feel like I'm surprised this year that there isn't more people buying the, um, the abalone glaze color um, because it's kind of that pink was supposed to be the color of the year. Did you see that? There's like this right. kind of fleshy pink. Like a like the pantone so or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um sometimes that's true, but with my work, it got I can pick it out. I'm like, okay, is this gonna happen? And lo and behold, at the end of the year, I like look at the, you know, what sold the most. And mm -hmm. it's funny. I think this year though, even though it's that pink, I think it's the mint and charcoal again, because it's I don't know. Timeless. That's my favorite one. That's got to be it. Yeah, maybe. And we have a new, actually, you know what? I I, sh I, I have to give us credit. We did come out with a new glaze combo this year. So, mm -hmm. and we call it sea foam. So it's kind of a minty green on the inside with white on the outside. And it's that's been really, really popular. It's mm -hmm. been a big hit with, a with bit. our stores and even customers that have already been collecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you see things just, well, I guess you're just enjoying time with your daughter right now and, and, uh, keeping things running nice and smooth. And like you said, another day, maybe you'll, you know, who knows what you'll be doing. Um, do you have any, any other, um, areas you ever want to work in or have you ever been, have you ever done any other kind of art? Not really. No, I've, I've done some, I made some like rope. I used to call them rope paintings. Mm -hmm. So I would take actually rope that I would find on the beach before mm -hmm. I, the whole rope rug thing was the thing. Right. <laughs> I would find them and I would, I would, I would also find driftwood and make a frame and use it's like old metal and, um, you know, just different hardware that was, I would find in the, in the driftwood and 
turn them into kind of paint, like I'd call them paintings. They're more like a sculpture. I don't know. Like put something together. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a collage. It wasn't really my original idea. I, I remember seeing some really beautiful rope art in New York City one day walking past a gallery and just mm -hmm. thinking, wow, that is incredible. And so I just, it kind of put the bee in my bonnet and I, I. Do you have any of those left? I have one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Man, I bet that'd be cool to see. Yeah, I don't really. I never sold them or anything, and yeah, I've I've always made tables, driftwood tables, and things like that. I've always, I don't know, scavenging. Yeah. In the beginning, that's and if I needed a table to put my pottery on to sell it, I couldn't buy it. I couldn't afford to buy it, so I would go find some wood and I would make a table. Wow, put it cool. On it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I bet those are timeless. I'd like to see those too. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much for everything, Allison. I really. Uh, we're so grateful you came and so happy to have you. Um, you know, where can we uh, find your stuff? Where can everybody find find you? And uh, we'd love to love to you know share that. Well, let's see. We have our store in Booth Bay, mm -hmm. Booth Bay Harbor. What's it um, called? It's called AE Home. Okay. And it's it's not right in the center of town. It's kind of a little bit on the outskirts. Um, as you're driving out of Booth Bay, um, you can't miss it. Um, and then there's lots of different galleries and, and stores that sell it in the state. L.L. Bean carries some stuff in their home store. Mm -hmm. um, Abacus, they have a few locations. They, they're selling some of it. Yeah, you must be perfect for Abacus. Yeah. 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 For a long time, I wouldn't sell to them because they had a store in town. Oh, right. Um, but we ended up that. Some overlap. Yeah. But yeah. we're like, as long as they don't sell it there, we, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. You got to protect those zip codes, you know? You can't have too much of it. I know. I, one, it's a constant battle. Yeah. Uh, if you ever figure that out, you let me know. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, do you you guys have an Instagram? We do. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's AE Ceramics, and we also have one for AE Home. Okay. You have one for both. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for coming. I mean, just can't say how much we appreciate it and your stuff is just so beautiful and and uh, especially if people want the coastal or or bring the coastal back i mean your stuff is is timeless and practical um you know ultimate design and quality i think and i i have i love the nature and and, and you know your inspirations are the same things that kind of inspire us so we, we really enjoy your things so can't say enough so thank you very much it's been fun yeah it's nice to see you <laughs>